0: y'all. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of We Don't Know Her. I'm Katie. And I'm Christy. And uh today we're talking about, you know, what what is your responsibility in terms of meeting your needs and what can you expect other people to meet? Should you expect anyone to meet any of your needs? Should you expect some people to meet all of your needs? Um Yes.
1: And how do you fulfill them? And mm-hmm. what does what does that mean to get your needs fulfilled right because I think it's a topic that also has a lot of murky waters around it where you see it posted on Instagram and it's in the atmosphere
0: well and a lot of conflicting messaging too Mm -hmm. around that um so it's and I think we all kind of we see everything I know I can see totally conflicting points of view and be like oh I agree with that and then five minutes later I see another post and I'm like, no, I agree with that Um, and it just depends on who I'm thinking about in the moment when I'm reading the post.
1: Yeah, which is why those posts can be very misleading. So not that we're fucking experts on this. We're more so just talking about how we process that in real time and how it's showing up and kind of what we're doing in the works because we have no fucking idea what the right and wrong answer is. So, Per usual.
0: We don't you know, know anything.
1: We're just going to contemplate and ponder. I don't know shit about fuck. Um,
0: <laughs> okay. Alright. So before we um, get into our needs and what we need, I <laughs> get it. Um, do you have a ketchup? I mean,
1: I do. I have so many ketchups. I know. Well,
0: what what are you, what, what you going to... Um, so, I know your ketchups, but I don't know what you're going to rely on this very podcast. So. I
1: don't either, you know? Mm-hmm. And... I guess we'll just say we've entered another era. We've we've exited <laughs> Pete Davidson just as quickly as we entered. Wow! And now we are more just living the Bachelorette ABC special. Yeah, we're coming up on a final rose ceremony, and you know, without any context, people are probably like, "What the fuck are you?" Talking I know it, about? it probably
0: does sound insane. Um, it's really hard. It's really hard for me. Um, can I try to? Can I try to? Um. Give a, yeah, like a summary without giving things away. So basically Christy went from swimming in an ocean with no fish, just her body, just her alone in an ocean. And then suddenly she saw a fish and she was like, oh my God, who knows? And then she saw another one and she was like, so weird. And then another one. And then suddenly she was in fish-infested waters and had to then choose what fish is for her. And now... Um, you know that choice is going to be is going to have to be made at some point and um, some fish will be sent home they will be eliminated and yeah you know hopefully I will live
1: to tell the tale this is going from zero to 60 because all I've been talking about this entire time is what I've been learning about myself and my fears and apprehension entering dating and feeling like it'll never happen for me so My main takeaways, regardless of the details, is basically just that this is all happening right now, clearly for a reason or two, as per usual. And I don't want to say that it'll never happen again, although I have been saying that out loud to people is that this seems wild for me, but just know that this will never happen again because it's never happened before. And so it's just a lot of new waters Mm -hmm. for me. And... I'm trying to keep it together. I think I'm doing an okay job so far, you know, because this is very much what we talked about last week and how we are really implementing the tools and strategies that we've learned. To
0: not get ahead of yourself and... And to live the
1: way that we intend to live, you know, making healthier decisions and choices and boundaries and all of that stuff. Reflecting
0: on what your past has taught you.
1: Right. And balancing between leaning too far in and or retreating completely and running away out of fear. So, you know, yeah. the work therein lies the work is staying that middle ground and but also, you know, embracing what's happening because it is new.
0: Yeah, that's what uh if you didn't listen last week, go listen to that. But we were talking about how it's hard to process the lessons you're learning and implement what you've learned without then becoming fearful or like if you're afraid that you you know gave yourself were super intimate with somebody in the past and it didn't work out well that fear of intimacy now or you know whatever like it's hard to take it and learn from it and not then turn it into a fear Mm -hmm. so um I mean yeah hopefully we'll have an update for you and like we'll have a new I don't even know like I don't know (laughs) I'm feeling really hopeful about your options Mm -hmm. and um yeah, and I, I, and not to be, well, I don't think it's a secret here. I, I haven't had that feeling about any of your options in a long time. Yeah. I really wasn't a huge fan of Christy's last few boyfriends. I, I, I don't think that's a secret to them or to anyone else. And, um, you know, Seven, obviously, we were friends. We've talked about that before. So I, I just miss liking your
1: boyfriend. Well, I mean, that's the thing that's exciting <laughs> no. right now is that because, like, this is happening to me. Those who are close around me are having just as much fun living vicariously through me. And for me, I don't feel like I'm being objectified or something like that. Like, <laughs> I'm having fun, too. Like, this is yeah. fun for all of us. So if anything, I'm just glad that I can bring some excitement yeah. into our lives. Yeah, I mean,
0: Ray and I are, like, old married people. We've been with our husbands for a 100 million years. So, like, you know... You need to
1: spice it up. And yeah. I'm here to do that. And I'm... You know, because I'm all about having a good time, as we know. I'm just like I said, trying to really embrace this instead of really get too wrapped up in my thoughts mm-hmm. in my head and what could go wrong and what is going wrong or whatever. What it so, all means. and Yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned because it's a show. It's it feels like a TV show.
0: It really does. Um, especially because like without giving it away, they all just imagine contestants that you would hear on The Bachelor, like Brad, you know, dad has a dog, loves ice cream. And then there's like, you know, George, who's. You know, whatever. They're just they're very standard, all American sounding men who have all American lives, and it's just seems it's a little it's a little funny. Um, oh man, I wish I could give so many details. I know. Well, look, you guys have to stay tuned if you want to know what's going to happen um, on the Bachelor, Bachelorette, just, on the Bachelorette. You have to tune back in. Um, so, with that being
1: said, I mean, unless you have any catch ups that you want to, my only.
0: Us. Um, because mo- a lot of my catch up, or uh, some things I would probably bring up, we're going to talk about today in the episode. But I did want to mention that I've I've talked about before that like I've nannied for a long time. Um, it's been some time now since I was a nanny, which doesn't feel that way. It's so weird. Um, but the kids that I last nannied are aging. <laughs> turns out we all are. And I've mentioned on here before that I was really curious to get to know who they were going to turn into. Um, because as much as we like to reflect on like who we were as kids and and, and growing up and what this whole podcast is, it's so interesting to, to watch it in real time as somebody who doesn't have kids like you're watching those memories and these things start to form and um, I just <laughs> I babysat the girls that I used to nanny last weekend and um, they were great I mean they're way smarter than me in in all capacities and just like better like they're just they're just better. Um, but I did want to say that I just, I guess I know maybe how parents feel a little bit in that like I definitely, the older one that I know is having some anxiety and the things that she's anxious about are not like the things that most, like she's anxious about like expiration dates and things like that. Like not like world dangers that she's hearing or seeing about. So, and I can't help but feel that that is partially my fault. Um, My anxiety was so unchecked at the time and I was so careful about everything and still am like I'm one of those people who's just I mean really over the top and over prepared with kids all the time and I think that I'd like to think that it's not anything to do with me but I it is really interesting to see a child you were so close with mimic the anxiety that you're having and I was able to talk to her about it a little bit which was nice but um yeah it was just it just goes to show like how we talk about, like, how so much of our anxiety and stuff came from things we experienced as kids. And I'm like, oh, my God, I hope I didn't do that to you. Because her parents are, like, for the most part, so chill. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's why, like, I'm like, mm. Well, you never know. I mean, maybe <clears throat> because of that
1: stark difference between you and her parents.
0: Maybe. I mean, you know? her mom's definitely, like, way cooler and chiller than I am. Um, but I, yeah, like, I... It's just it's so interesting. Like she talked to me about rabies for like an hour and just like the the, the dangers the dangers of. of rabies and like a bat could bite you, you won't even know because it's so soft and like you do need to get rabies shots immediately. Um, so I don't know. It was just really it's it was um it was just funny. It's, it's just, just
1: eye opening. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's that just shows too like how impactful we are.
0: I know. They're little sponges. I know. I'm like, well, at least she's careful yeah. and and you know like she's not. Yeah, maybe I gave her some anxieties, but she's also very um, logical and makes really good choices a lot of the time. She's not, so, you know, good and bad. Um, All right, so let's get into the episode. Um, We could just start, like, where we, like, where this idea derived from. Yeah, I, so, basically, I am, you and I are on the opposite ends of the spectrum a little bit. Um, I'm at the end of, like, I've, I never felt... Never felt keywords that all of my emotional needs were met throughout my life. Yes, I had food and I had shelter and my physical needs were met. My emotional needs, I did not feel that I had people I could really rely on. Um, even though I had close friends and I had people in my life, I just never felt, I don't know it it seemed like I don't even want to talk about it like I don't even want to deal with it I'll deal with all of my stuff on my own time and because I didn't really feel like I had anyone I turned that into I'll do it all myself and had to learn to ask for help but also then was like demanding not demanding but expected other people to deal with things themselves and if you relied on your parents or your family members I was like what are you a big fucking baby back bitch like why you know why can't you handle it yourself I do it um So, yeah, like, I've always been on the end of, like, I need to learn, I have been trying to learn to ask for help, but also, like, how do I encourage other people to also seek help and how to inspire them to find it within themselves? Like, that's kind of my fine line is, like, to ask for help myself, which I've kind of gotten better at, but now I need to really, I like to try to fix everybody myself and I have to learn that, like, sometimes it's out of my realm in my league and I have to tell them to like seek other help Mm -hmm. um and then yeah what's your if you describe your side of it
1: I come from like a very up and down non-linear way of learning about my needs and how to fulfill them and what that even means because coming from a family that also was not very connected emotionally at all and I don't feel as though my emotional needs were met parent to child. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's not to blame my parents for that because now I can see them as humans and it's because their emotional needs hadn't been met. So they never, they just didn't have the tools or the strategies that we have now. But I think that it was just a different time and for them in order to learn about fulfilling their own needs was out of the question. It just wasn't something that was very common, I feel like, for people to do. And I'm only speaking from, I don't know, within our friend group, basically. Mm -hmm. A lot of our parents kind of have similar ways of dealing with their emotions, which was to not deal with them. So, you know, when you're coming from a long line of people who aren't dealing with their own needs, it's really hard for you to then know how to fulfill someone else's, especially as a parent. So I don't fault them for that, but I do think that it's, affected me in how I've then viewed my romantic relationships and what I expect out of them as partners. And it's mainly the romantic relationships. I think that it's come up a lot for me. I don't, friendships are so different for me. Um, Mm -hmm. the way that I see them.
0: Yeah. I feel like, do you think that feeling like Do you think that feeling like your needs weren't met and seeing that your parents' relationship weren't – that they weren't fulfilling each other's needs, did that make you feel like you wanted more out of a partner or less? Like did you expect like, oh, well, partners aren't supposed to supply everything to each other because that's what I witnessed or that's wrong. I want the opposite. I want my partner to give me everything.
1: I honestly feel like it – I don't even know that I even – took a lot of information from watching my parents' relationship um, in that way. Like, I think my viewpoint around what a partner should do in terms of fulfilling my needs came from the media and, like, movies and Disney and what I was seeing because that was, like, it. they made it look ideal. You mm-hmm. know, they made it look like that is the ultimate goal and that's what a partner should do. Um, so
0: that's, like, the norm and your parents were just, like, the exception.
1: Yeah, like I I don't think that I looked at my parents' relationship and I mean, I'm sure it affected me in some way, but I think that in the forefront of my mind I can definitely say that like growing up watching movies, it just created this fantasy in my head that built up that your partner should be your best friend, your number one above everyone else, like you give everything for, they're supposed to give everything to you and it was just it's just too much. It's just too much of a thing that is actually not even in my opinion, I don't think is necessarily the healthy thing for two people in a long lasting relationship. And I'm sure some people make it work and that's, that's fine for them. But yeah, if,
0: if yeah, if, if that's where you're at, like, I think if you're meeting the other person where they are, then it's fine. But like, it's, it's interesting. I asked that cause it's like, I didn't feel like my needs were met as a kid either. However, my parents have had a great, I mean, by all terms, a great relationship. And they really... But what I learned was the man is supposed to do everything for you and but you are in charge. Like, they're your servant of sorts. Mm-hmm. They are your footman. Um So, like, you have the final call. You have to be strong enough to handle anything and to not rely on them but they should do everything for you. Like, but you should be able to know how to do it yourself as well just in case they don't. But, like... My mom, I mean, my dad did ev- does everything for my mom. Um, and it was like very much not reciprocated. And I thought that that was the norm. So I would just expect everything and give absolutely nothing. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to just think now, like how I
1: thought about my partners and like what I expected of them. Because I'm a, when it comes to like the physical things, like we said, like food, shelter, those basic necessities, Those have always been taken care of, but my emotional needs, I think they carry so much weight Mm -hmm. that if they weren't filled and well, here's the thing is that it went both ways is that I was feeling like my needs weren't being met in relationships. However, I did not know how to express them or even really delineate like, what is this person's responsibility? Like, is my happiness their responsibility at one point? It felt that way. I've obviously grown to learn that that's not the case and that- it's not to say that you can't be in a relationship until you have fulfilled all of your own needs and you're completely healed and all of that. Like there's gray areas in everything. And ultimately we are not responsible for every single need of our partners and they're not responsible for all of ours either.
0: Yeah. I think it's like, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe you or other people would disagree, but I feel like The way that I see it now, and maybe this is still just like my past kind of lingering in the way that I see things, but I feel like you should be able to meet your own needs. Find a way to meet your own needs. Be able to. However, if somebody else meets them for you, fantastic. But let's say like I need, I don't know, I need like one-on-one time or i need like i need like a a personal conversation with somebody right and i am seeking that and ricky isn't available that's not his fault that is not something that then he needs to provide to me and i need this now i have to call you or i have to call somebody else that i want to have a conversation with um and at the same hand you know but at the same time if he came home and happened to start having a conversation with me and then my needs got met that way fantastic um but i think that at the end of the day i i really and again, I don't know if I'm just biased. I just don't think that any of anyone's, I don't think anyone's needs, other than children, of course, But mm-hmm. I'm a grown, grown people here. If you're grown, I really don't know that any of your needs are anyone's responsibility in any capacity. That's great if they want to help you meet them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not their responsibility at the yeah. end of the day. I just, um, and I know that especially in a lot of cultures, but especially America, like women are taught that, we are absolutely supposed to meet most needs, if not all, at all times. Um, Be supportive. Don't talk back. Don't say, don't disagree. Don't make him feel like emasculated. Don't, um, you know, make sure that you will contribute to the money, but don't make more than him. Don't, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things that, and even people who don't subscribe to that, like Ricky and I don't technically subscribe to that. There is that overall, like you said, media messaging of what a perfect relationship should be. And like, I see all these like TikTok moms and like tiktok women who primarily are in utah no shade um and they are waking up at three in the morning and packing lunches for all their kids and their husbands and they're and they're they're running around and they, they have all these little snacks and they're organized alphabetically and like listen i'm totally somebody who like loved doing that when i nannied like that was a thrill i'm love you and i both love packing little snacks and, and lunches it's great mm-hmm. but that was for a kid I don't know that I have that I would not have that same enthusiasm to make sure that my husband's needs are met um the same way that I would <laughs> a kid and if you do great but I think that just can set up a dynamic where then if they don't if they're not meeting their own needs or don't know how and you're always doing it what happens when you can't it's just setting like a really dangerous precedent for everybody changes and relationships change all the time and everybody evolves and if you are relying on your partner to meet any of your needs and one day they can't, then that means what? That your relationship no longer works.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, because then it just it just puts a lot of pressure on the relationship and the other person and if they don't live up to what you're expecting them to fulfill for you, then, then there's resentment. Yeah, it just kind of kind of rots from the inside out, you know, depending on what kind of person you are. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I'm trying to think I think it was an episode a few years ago that was armchair expert. Um, Dax had Esther Perel on, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is like a very American pronunciation of her name. I don't know that it's actually pronounced Esther, that word. Esther Perel. So. Um, Perel, as she would say. <laughs> That's French. She, ha- she said she has oh. like a mixed accent. Go ahead. Um, anyway, but there was an episode that was, I think it was primarily talking about infidelity, but there was just like this one part that she had talked about how partners expect so much of each other to be the lover, the friend, the supporter, the cheerleader, the, you know, the caretaker, everything. Mm -hmm. And we put all of this pressure on this other person. And like you said, like when something does go awry, then it becomes like an identity crisis pretty much of, no, then like, then what is this? Like, then Mm -hmm. who are you to me? And ultimately, I mean, even just being single the past couple of years has been a very huge learning lesson for me in terms of, you know, how I can reframe that going into another relationship. Because in the past I have put a lot of emotional pressure on somebody to make sure that they take care of me when I want them to, how I want them to. And for me, it's not that like, well, here's the thing. I would choose to be with somebody who is just a compassionate person in general or empathetic or emotionally intelligent and self-aware in some way Mm -hmm. because I just personally, it's hard to communicate with people who are not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not perfect at it, but I really do try to be. So, you know, with that being said, then comes the needs and like, what are my needs? And even if I have them, it's, it's not to say that like, I need to give this person an outline of what they need to do all of the time, but expressing certain things, just being open and like communicative, I think will lead down a road where it's like, now I'm not just giving you a list of my needs that you need to fulfill. It's really just, here's where I need some help maybe. And when these things come up, just know them. And you may not know them or remember them every single time, but it's just a work in progress. I mean, it's really just always a work in progress. I don't think that there's like a perfect way for anyone to execute this. Type yeah, of thing. and I think
0: that, you know, if when it comes to, you know, if you want your partner to try to help meet some of your needs and vice versa, I think like love languages is really, really helpful in that of like, because like we said, needs are so different for everyone. Like, so if I feel like <clears throat> I want attention in what way, what you want me to hug you. You want me to look at you. I'm to talk to you. So I think love languages can be really helpful in that to like literally help you figure out what you want, but also help your partner know what you want and how to meet your needs. But, um, yeah, I just like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, um, there's a lot of, another thing I, you know, what I want to bring up is like, because I come from it, um the end of always trying to meet everyone else's needs and not ha- trying to have my own. That is not my cross to bear. Um, I don't feel like, honestly, I'm like, I was thinking about it. I don't know that I really, I was trying to think of any need that I rely even on Ricky for. Um, physical touch, I guess, is like a human, I guess, would be, would be, that would be it. But otherwise, it's really just me. Because I think if you if other people don't know how to meet their own needs and you're meeting it for them, and this is something I think that happens a lot in straight relationships or relationships with men. I'll just put it that way. Any relationship there's a man in it, (laughs) whether it's two men or one. Um, There's a thing called weaponized incompetence that is basically like saying that you don't know how to do something so that you don't have to do it. And that comes up a lot when I think when women voice their needs or try to explain their needs it comes out as then men respond with, I don't know how, but I can't, but you do it so much better. And then it just puts the responsibility back on you. And also for that person, like let's say um, if a partner, a man is coming to a woman and saying that they feel like they need more affection or whatever, they feel left out, they feel sad, whatever. Um, And she makes offerings of like, well, why don't you go do this? Why don't you go hang out with your friends? Why don't you go, um, call somebody, why don't you go for a walk? And they, none of those are going to work. You need to meet it. That's weaponized incompetence. That's acting like you don't have the tools or the ability to take care of yourself. Therefore it's somebody else's responsibility. And I think it's something that a lot of, I'll speak for myself, you know, Ricky and I started dating really young. And, um, at the time we were both learning how to do things together as adults. And I if I knew how to do something, I love to take care of somebody else. But now it's not only just in a weaponized incompetence way. There are certain things that Ricky doesn't do or know how to do because I've always done them. And I didn't put that on him to meet his own need in that sense. He needs lunches. Guess who makes them and buys them? Me. (laughs) So like when it comes to anything like that of like, sure he could do it, but he would need to learn and actually have to start practicing it. And, um, that's where I think it can become an actual like real resentful situation in a relationship where if somebody feels that it's your responsibility to meet their need and they don't know how and they're advocating weaponized incompetence of like being like I can't do it you have to do it for me you know what I mean well yeah
1: I mean and there's different ways that people can put pressure on another person to fulfill their needs because that's one of them and I'm thinking of another way of more so like belittling and minimizing somebody and like shaming them for not meeting your needs because I was in a relationship where that felt very prevalent and it was like very early on in the relationship as well. And
0: being like a good girlfriend does this and you don't.
1: Yeah, and I think like, you know, not to focus too much on that relationship and like bring it back to myself in current times when I am in the process of looking for a relationship or dating or whatever, even in the very beginning stages, like just in like the talking stage, getting to know each other phase, you know, there are things that come up that make me feel a little bit, I feel like a, a pang of like discomfort or anxiety because it's something that feels familiar that I've experienced in the past that didn't go well. So if that means like any type of like pause in the communication or like I don't hear from somebody within a certain amount of time, you know, there's just like a little itch of, anxiety where I'm like okay does this mean like I'm never going to hear from him again or you know why am I feeling anxious around this so when those feelings come up it doesn't feel as intense or dire where it might have felt that way in the past when I was like just beginning to date again and now it's more so just I kind of look at them as like little things to reflect on. Like my therapist is very helpful in reminding me that if I do ever feel uncomfortable about something to pay attention to it, you know, it doesn't need to have a, a hard meaning right away that this is a bad thing. It's more so just like, this is obviously bringing up something for me that was unfulfilled before, or it went unfavorably before. So instead of looking at it as like a red flag or an end, an end all be all type of thing, it's more so just like it, focuses less on the other person about what they think of me and me analyzing their intentions and wondering what they're doing because that's another thing I used to do. And then I would get lost in like what I think that they're doing when really I should be focusing on why is this making me feel the way to, that it is and how can I work through this and communicate it in the future, whether it's with this person or somebody else.
0: Yeah, I think typically if you're feeling like really, uh, for myself and for you, like when you're feeling really – um anxious about what other people think, anyone, like everyone as a whole, the internet, one person, whatever, Um, that sounds like insecurity and like, where are, why are you insecure? And what are you insecure about? And is there anything you could do now to make yourself feel more secure? Because again, it's not, if you, like a good example is like, if you're, um, I used to do this, if you get dressed up and somebody doesn't say you look nice or you look good, whether it's your partner, your friend, and somebody out at the club, whatever, you're like, wow, so it was all for nothing, wasn't it? I guess I just did my hair and everything for nothing. Just wasted a whole fucking night of my life. When in reality, the point is that like, you shouldn't have... The point wasn't to get dressed up to get attention from somebody else. Get dressed up and give yourself attention because you think you look good and you worked really hard on your outfit and your makeup and your hair and now you're proud to show it off. Like, mm-hmm. So if, I think it's like if you're going, again, like seeking anything from other people... um, that isn't something again like a physical need like of course people need touch like I understand that but I mean like emotional needs um and things like that you can give that to yourself and I think that's like a a, I don't know if it's a secret like I feel like a lot of people don't know that like you and maybe again again I have hints of narcissism so I'm like guys just tell yourself you're great Mm -hmm. what the fuck is going on here I shutter shutter when I look at photos of myself okay shutter however when I look in the mirror I'm like fantastic I know better I'm not gonna take a selfie I'll try to take a selfie yesterday I tried to take a selfie I got a haircut I took about six and I said you know what it's not gonna happen for me today I tried again today and I succeeded I it's not about the validation from somebody else I wanted to take a photo of myself that I liked that I felt good about Mm -hmm. I'm not just putting trash out there just to have somebody be like wow I love it guess what I mean people did love it but um (laughs) You know I'm just saying like it's it's not about that and I think that learning whether you're seeking that those needs from the internet which a lot of people do if you're not in a, whether you're in a relationship or not like even there's times where I know people um, we've talked about this like the picture perfect relationships on the internet a lot of times those are the ones that are like doing the worst. Why? Because they're not getting validation in their relationships. They're going to post their relationship online to get validation from everybody else to be like, no, your relationship is really good. Like, oh my God, we love it. And you're like, oh, okay, good. Because he's making me feel like shit. So that, okay, good. So you guys are liking what you see. So we're doing well. And I think that if you're, you shouldn't need that It's fine, of course. I'm not saying don't post pictures. But like, you know what I'm saying? That false identity online just for the image of it all.
1: it's, It's like you can't be conscious of every single move that you make throughout the day. But when it comes to certain things where you want to post a picture of yourself or, you know, with your significant other or whatever, when you are fulfilled within yourself and you have it's like a self-esteem thing. Like if yeah. you feel better about yourself and you don't need the validation, then you can start putting yourself out in the world with the freedom of not worrying about what other people think. And ultimately at the end of the day, it's very freeing to then be like, all right, well, that's it. Like I don't like my, it's not going to make because or break that wasn't my day. The
0: point of posting it. Like, that's the thing. It's like, what is your point? Is your point just to be like, I'm at a cool place? Like, sup? Like you mm-hmm. want to see it? Or is it like, I want you to like it and then feel envious of me. I want to feel like my life is worth something that I'm doing something cool or that I'm I'm good-looking or I'm exciting or whatever. Like that's when I think it's it there's nothing wrong with sharing your life. It's when you're looking to meet a need via sharing your life.
1: Yeah. And it I can't stress enough just like the feeling of liberation it is to not be doing things for other people. You know, yeah. like it's not to say that you should not put any effort into your relationship, but when it comes to caring about what people think or whether they like you or not, I used to get hung up on whether people liked me. And I started to have like, reframe it in my mind of like, well, how do I feel about them? And how do I feel about myself? So since then it has made the pressure less and it has made dating a little bit more fun and exciting as opposed to extremely scary and, you know, just triggering. But, um, Yeah, because
0: those really because now those dates don't aren't saying anything about you, whether like how that goes isn't doesn't reflect anything. It doesn't mean anything about you, It's just simply the date didn't go well. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it's like every interaction hinges, then must be a reflection on who I am and what they think of me. And then that means that's who I really am. So it's like and that just perpetuates like being
1: disingenuous about like who I am, because then I start to feel like I need to fit a certain type of image or persona that this person seems to like so then you know it, so
0: many people are like it's just it's so sad I feel like it's like an epidemic of like people wanting the again like because like, they get the need that you the thing you feel the thing that you're looking for is self-esteem or security or um you know, connection in any of those things. And there's, obviously those are human things that anyone, everyone wants. There's nothing wrong with wanting that. But like when you're seeking it from others and especially others that you don't even know, whether it's your, if it's your boyfriend, that's of course not great. But then to go out and just, ask for the internet to give you what you're looking for is so dangerous because those people are crazy and they will turn on you and like no one on the internet is to be trusted and it's just like take it from somebody who used to have thousands of followers on a fitness blog and now I gain weight and guess what honey can't get followers if she paid for them. Whoa. so you know like I'm it, that can go away those things are temporary you have to find meet your own needs so that like we said Whether it's a person who stops giving it to you or the whole internet, you're still, like, going on and living your life. Because otherwise, you know, I hate to be this way, guys, but, you know, one day you're probably going to die alone. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So when you're alone, you have to be able to give your meet your own needs, you know? Especially for women. You're probably going to outlive your husband. So you just, you need to be ready to, like... Live that golden girl's life and be like, I will meet my own needs and just have like a fabulous circle of women that will support me, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe it's easy for me to say because I'm introverted as well. So, like, being alone and fulfilling my own needs is just very second nature to me, or maybe first nature. Like, I don't feel so wound up and worried, but I mean, I just worry about other things instead.
0: But now, I mean, again, that's, it's easy to do when you're single because you have no choice we shall see, come after the ceremony, how, what will we know? What will we learn, you know?
1: Who will we know? Exactly. it's, I mean, the other thing is like any other single people out there who may be feeling like they're getting wrapped up in their own heads, something at least that helped me was just simply taking a look at my past relationships and just looking for common denominators in terms of like how I got into those relationships and where I think I maybe could have done better or like how did i trying to put my mindset back in that time to take a look at it from like an outside perspective and see like why were you doing that you know were you doing that because you were seeking emotional fulfillment from someone that one couldn't give it to you and that just to go a little bit deeper for like a second is like i was drawn to people who were emotionally unavailable and i was attracted to that and yet it was something that i really was seeking from them at the same time, but somehow deep down knowing that they could never give it to me. And I think that that's like where I started to look at myself in terms of like, how are you, like you want to be intimate with somebody, but are you actually scared of it? And and that's why you're entering relationships that keep you safe where you can't right. ever really have exactly. it. Exactly. So like it's it's very, um, it is really detective work. It just feels like detective work because it's like, oh yes. like Because now when I think about being intimate with someone I feel nervous about it, but for a different reason. Like, I, like now I'm actually nervous about it, but I'm still, like, I'm facing the fire. Like, I'm walking right to it. And that's different than ditching that and then... Taking the safe st- route. Yeah. And trying to, like, make something work with someone who's emotionally unav- unavailable. Yeah. So... I don't know if this made any sense. Um, honestly, I, I feel like, you know, there's so many things wrapped up in emotional needs, fulfillment, and all of that, but I mean, like I said, we're not experts.
0: Yeah. It's really just I think if there's any takeaway from the nonsense we've said is that try to meet your own needs. Don't expect anyone else to meet them. If they can, great. If you want to talk to your partner about how they could and make sure that you're seeking people that can if they want to or are willing to but don't expect them to it's not mandatory and it is it is your responsibility at the end of the day to do what you need to do for yourself because at the end of the day you come in this world alone you go out this world alone it's on you you know yeah you
1: got to look out for number one because no one else is going to do it for you
0: yep and i know that's again we'll be those people that are here to say it to you because it is not the message that most americans are given we're told to like Bleed ourselves dry. Do everything for everyone else. Never do anything for yourself. Don't worry about like taking care of your own needs or meeting your own needs or any of that. Just meet everyone else's and uh, we're here to tell you absolutely not. Take care of yourself first. Meet all of your needs. And um, if you can help anyone else meet theirs, great. Yeah. But not before you.
1: It's the oxygen mask analogy. Yep. Put yours on first. Then you can help other people. Mm -hmm. So with all of those wise words that (laughs) that we just (laughs) spout out do we have anything diamonds
0: joyful to share so all right diamonds of the week if you're new here bright spot in a dark week um anything that made us smile made us happy so um yeah you know what my diamond is um somebody feed phil hands down There's a show, I'm late to this. It's in like it's fifth season or something. It's on Netflix. It's a guy, Phil Rosenthal, he created Everybody Loves Raymond, which I don't love, but I love him. The only way I can describe him is a seven or eight-year-old boy. But now he's a man. There is not one hint of masculinity in him. He is a six-foot-tall, super Jewish, delightful man who like dances at things and like he's just so sweet and he goes around the world and eats things and I just I just love him it's my new comfort show it's my new golden girls I just I love him wow I really do like I can't recommend enough it's on Netflix watch it okay somebody somebody wow somebody feed food
1: okay somebody feed Phil. <laughs> um so moving on <laughs> so my okay. diamond this week I would just say is Um, hmm. the ridiculousness of my life right now. Having multiple fish. Having multiple fish. Is that a diamond? Yes. Yes. But more specifically, I would say, okay, I mean, I don't know how this will sound, but who cares? So I have, so I have a friend who unfortunately is going through a breakup right now. Um. There's somebody else. She. We're all just like three single gals and like we all have like a lot of things going on right now and we... I don't have a lot of single friends so it was kind of nice to just like bitch and complain for a couple of hours but also just like feel like we all kind of understand like where we're coming from and like the anxieties around dating and like meeting people and do we want to be in relationships and how do we deal with like finding people and just like so much so it sounds harrowing but it was actually a diamond because I feel like we all just kind the way of way
0: your brain works Truly astonishes me. It's the you fundamentals have, of it. You have multiple quality men for the first time, and your diamond is that you got to complain with your other singles about men. Be, yeah, about being single. You, this not conversation com- was late. This conversation not, was late. You should not not have complain. this two months ago. Now not is complain. The
1: time. Okay, I retract my previous statement. We weren't complaining, it was more so just like kind of like word vomiting. like it was just like I need someone to commiserate you know like it's like we need to let it out to like-minded people who understand in the current times what this is like so the fundamentals of my diamond were just like the bonding experience amongst women and yeah like having multiple fish like that's that's great but I don't I refuse to let them be my
0: diamond (laughs) I do they're my I, well it's kind of my alright Then that's my second diamond is that there's multiple opportunities I can't stress enough how much I hated Christy's exes I'm excited this is exciting and even if she's afraid I'm not so I'm sorry. gonna make Christy sign another contract that she's gonna like marry one of these men okay, okay we're gonna go we gotta get out of here alright follow us on Instagram and TikTok at we don't know her pod make sure to rate subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify send us an email at we don't know her pod at gmail.com and we'll see you on the next one bye peace